1: Welcome Flyers nitty gritty fans to the always level up podcast with your host Dariv Wallach and I am very excited to announce a new guest to the show because I only have one episode for each person so far Uh, but um, former Flyers. Equipment Manager, Head Equipment Manager, Phantoms Equipment Manager, I believe Florida Panthers as well, former All-Star, former World Champion, uh, Silver Medal, uh, and a uh, Calder Cup as well in your history, and current entrepreneur uh, on several different levels, Derek Settlemyer, D-Nasty. How you doing, buddy? Welcome I'm to the show.
2: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and um, thank you for coming on, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited to tell your story because I think you have a very unique one. Um, and I would say in some ways, you have a childhood dream type of lifestyle, and I think you might acknowledge that yourself. Um, and I want to go through it, um, and I want to start early. So I do want to start like pretty early in your life. Um, when you were young, as a kid, I know you started kind of being around the Flyers at, at a young age. Uh, obviously, your dad was involved um, in that situation, but let's start even earlier when you were a kid. Did you have a dream of being an equipment manager, or what was your kind of dream job at you know growing up as a you know as a young boy?
2: Um. Yeah. I so I loved what my dad did. I grew up in uh, North Carolina, but I was up in this area a lot, okay. obviously to visit him. But uh, I was, you know, we didn't have hockey. There like it is now. Like I would have played hockey if it was offered, uh, because I loved hockey. But uh, believe it or not, five eight, I was a basketball player, uh, was able to uh play college basketball, which was great. Um, and I play college soccer as well. Uh, but those oh, were kind of my you know, I always thought I was gonna play for Wake Forest University and then play an NBA, but uh Hey, some guys were able to do it. You know, know, once I was old enough and uh, realized that was not going to happen, I I, probably around my uh, junior year of college, I started really thinking about maybe trying to get into hockey and uh, the equipment side of things. Uh, I was wanting to be a basketball coach, and then I realized – what I was going to have to do as far as I was going to have to stay there a couple more years, which I didn't mind school. I loved school, but I was ready. And I was fortunate that my dad and Mr. Clark, Bob Clark offered me a job in Florida uh, during my senior year. Well, right at the end of it. And I'm like, well, let's give it a shot and see what happens. So that's kind of how it went. I, I didn't like grow up thinking, Oh, I want to do what my dad does. Even though I thought it was the coolest thing ever, but some people may not know, my dad also practiced every day with the team in goal uh so yeah he was a he actually dressed two games as backup in the nhl wow. which people don't uh some people know he actually played a game in almost every league in hockey professionally he played in the southern hockey league he played in the north american hockey league the american uh hockey league and probably a couple I'm missing uh so i almost looked at him as he was kind of a player, but he wasn't a player obviously. Um, but he, he did play games. Uh, so I thought it was cool what he did, but when I was younger, I didn't really think about doing that, you know, until, like I said, till I got in college. So then mm-hmm. I started really thinking about it like, oh, you know, maybe that's something I'll, I'll enjoy. And so I got into sports management. I kind of changed my, uh, my, um, major. major. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, then I was like, well, let's see what happens. And I was very, very l- lucky and very fortunate.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, it's a, a rare opportunity. So you already had kind of an athlete's mindset. It seems like so did your dad, right? It's what, it's you know, people kind of, I'm sure... To you, it's like kind of like, wow, he played in every league, but it's very difficult to even touch these leagues. I mean, you could be a world-class athlete your whole life and then get to the point. Like I've talked to Colby Cohen on the side and he was a star college hockey player. He got to the NHL and he's like, wow, I'm just a role player here. Right. Right. And it's like it's almost like a realization. So. You were five eight. You played soccer. Actually, five eight at so- for soccer is not bad at all. No, it right. didn't.
2: Ha- I was I was very lucky. The it, it, the way it kind of happened was I want basketball is my main sport, but I was I don't want to say like oh I was good, but I was pretty good at soccer. I you D1? know uh, I I played D two, but we played D one D one schools. But now all the schools that we played against and my school are D one. Uh, uh, but uh, what happened? Of course now. Yeah, of course. Right. Uh, but I got a basketball scholarship. Um, it was almost full. I, it just a little bit left, which I obviously was so grateful to get to help my mom out. Um, and then I got a call from the, uh, athletic director, probably about a week before soccer, the soccer players were going to school and he called me and said, uh, we were just looking at all your stuff and see that you were, you know, you played soccer, you were all conference, all this, whatever, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, yeah, you know, I love soccer. Like, what do you want to play? We'll take care of the rest of your uh, scholarship. If you'll play soccer. And I said, well, I need to ask coach Smotzer, who was my basketball coach. Cause I didn't know how that would work in college, especially. And they're like, we already did. It really won't interfere. Just be some days where you kind of have to do two a days or do a soccer and do a basketball wow. at night. So I'm like, Great, but I I'll, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was scared to death because I'm like I wasn't scared about basketball, but I was like I don't know what I'm getting into in soccer. Although I had played my whole life, but um, I ended up starting all four years in soccer. And wow. basketball is a little different. It took me until my junior year to actually get real playing time. But I it, and that should have been the way it was. I weighed a buck fifty, uh, you know, and these I was playing with men, you know, like 21 year old, you know, obviously uh, college, but guys that were on the cusp of D1. Uh, guys that played pro, I played with guys that played pro, and uh, stuff like that. So it, it was fun. It, it that- was why it was a good ride.
1: That's really fascinating, actually. It's not that surprising. I played soccer growing up as well. Okay. Um, and being Israeli, it was kind of yeah. obvious. Uh, but, um, you know, it's kind of something I've always kind of understood about basketball players. Actually, basketball players make great soccer players. Um, the footwork, it kind of goes, you know, hand in hand. So it actually doesn't surprise me you're able to travel from one sport to the next. But this is one thing I like to talk about because one of the things that drives me insane is this movie. Um, let's say just call it Hollywood narrative about an athlete where athletes are stupid. Um, And I find that to be not the case at all. I actually find that athletes have some of the best work ethic. Um, And I think you can see that you took on two, let's say D2 sports, but D1 sports, even at this level, right? To take that on while going to college, do you believe that that's where you kind of built your work ethic? And I'm sure maybe from your father, maybe from your mother even as well. Um. What brought you to get to that mindset where you thought you could do so much?
2: Yeah, you're right. I I, uh, I really at first I didn't know what was how it was going to go, and I was a little worried because I didn't want to piss the basketball coach off, even mm-hmm. though he said it was okay. Um, I actually started taking naps in college, which I had never done because I, you know, we would there was that the rule was already implemented that you could not actually practice basketball until a certain date. We even had the midnight madness stuff but the coaches would sit up in the offices and basically tell you what to do for basketball. So I would practice soccer. If we had a game that day, obviously I didn't go to the gym for basketball, but, uh, days we didn't, I was, it was two a days and my mom's a really hard worker. Uh, you know, I watched her and and she was a really good athlete and my dad was a good athlete and he's a, he was a hardworking guy still is. They both are. Um, so, I just, I guess from them and, you know, my mom was always very, very supportive uh, with me playing sports in high school and even in college, even when I didn't play, but my freshman and sophomore year in basketball, I didn't get much time, but she was there at every game. And I'm like, I said, like, stop driving three hours. Just watch me sit at the end of the bench and cheer everyone on and wave my towel, you know? Uh, But she didn't care. So yeah, it was, it was really cool.
1: That's awesome. And it's awesome that it's spread into you because, you know, I, I think about that. Like my father, uh, when he was alive, he had pretty relentless work ethic as well. What's up, little man? Uh I had pretty uh, relentless work ethic as well. And um, I didn't really appreciate it till I got older. Um, you know, and like my dad just works all the time. Like even uh, before he passed away, like, he was talking about work on his in the hospital. You know, he was like, Oh, I got clients, I gotta do all this stuff. It really is a mindset. Um, and once you get into that mindset, it's really transferable to everything. What's up, buddy? um no, it's, it's okay he's a lot he's allowed to interfere there's no professionalism here like i said no i have a guy who does this out of my bedroom no 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 Something else. i'll tell you in a minute let me do let me do this i go ahead
2: go eat you just go home sorry sorry
1: no it's okay yeah you'd be surprised you're this is not the first time a child has uh interrupted the interview so i'm not too worried about it he loves it. jumping in It's all good. He probably has a future like you. Honestly, he's probably watching you learning from you.
2: He's so tired. He just drove separate. So he just got back from the rink. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So your dad, I like, like you said, he was like, I got to do this. I got to do that. Right.
1: It's It's like nonstop. And, uh, and it's something that you gained from your parents and it's, um, it's interesting to see, and obviously you followed in his footsteps. So, you know, you mentioned Bobby Clark and you mentioned the Florida Panthers, uh, you got started with the Panthers, which is interesting, right? Most people probably assume that maybe you started with the Flyers or the Phantoms, right? Yeah. So how was it? Let's talk about that year. Let's talk about that first year. I mean, I guess you're out of college. You, you finished kind of your athlete years, I guess, in, to some degree. Um, and you start off as an equipment manager. I, I assume not a head equipment manager, right?
2: Oh, no, I was the bottom of you know, total pole, which I should have been, but I was still so lucky to, to, to get that job. It's, you're basically the third guy but you pick up the visiting teams. So, <clears throat> but my dad was not easy to work for, but I appreciate it now. I, I literally, I'll tell you the story. When we first got down there and we were set, everything was new, obviously. They just built this tiny room for us in the Miami arena. And that's where we played the first few years. Mm-hmm. Well, I was only there one year, but they played there a few years before they built the new one in Sunrise. But uh, we, we get there so we're there about a week and we're trying to get everything ready. Well, players are already coming in. First of all, they want to, it's Florida. So they're all coming down there and Roger Nielsen was a coach and he liked to have, and it's sort of Mr. Clark. They used to do back in the day, the the training camps were like four teams. It was always four teams and they played each other and that's how they felt. I guess we're going to learn more watching them play, you know, than, you know, Whatever, doing drills. I mean, they still did drills and stuff, but it was base- basically games. And so we had like 80 players there. So this is my first time, like, really working. I had helped that out. I had done things, but I didn't understand what I was getting into. So we literally packed up an 18 wheeler and went from uh, Pompano Beach practice rink down to the Miami Arena and started setting up. So I'm like, oh, it's going to take us a few hours. We'll get set up. We didn't go to bed, like, literally. It was 6 a.m. and I'm like, we're just finishing. And my dad's like, ah, we'll try to order some food in. And I'm like looking at Tim Leroy, who was my roommate. And he was a second, he was an assistant equipment manager. And he was like, oh boy. And he had worked with my dad a little bit in Kalamazoo. So he, he knew how my dad was. And I had never like really worked with my dad like this. And I'm just like, every little thing, you, he's Straightening like something that this You know a half an inch off like I didn't Have it right you know and I'm just like what's Wrong with you man like this looks Perfect to me and he's like well it's not It's got to be perfect or you know I'm not gonna let you leave or whatever so we stay Up the whole day right so we Have the games <laughs> the the guys practice and play We stay again Like I'm like Okay look, this is ridiculous So finally at around 11 p.m. we finally get to leave so we've basically been up 48 hours and I mean you know we all partied college and stuff I had late nights but you also slept in right so and I'm not like I was never really a big sleeper anyway but uh so finally I I I call my mom I get to my hotel room and I call my mom and I'm like I'm not sure I can do this this is ridiculous what I mean, 48 hours. She's like, yeah, I've been to bed. I ordered a pizza. I didn't even go downstairs. Like it was 11 o'clock at night. Like where was I going to go? They were walking us across the street to go to some place to eat. I said, I'm just ordered a pizza. I ordered the pizza, fell asleep. They knocked, I got up, took it, set it down. and went back to sleep and never even ate my food. And then the, the next, the rest of the training camp was crazy because he was taking me out to some games. I had to stay. I was just nuts, but I, I would, I didn't know what I was getting into, but, you know, after a few weeks, I kind of got the gist of it all. And there were times where I would have three teams in town because all these teams wanted to come to Florida and kind of vacation, you know, mm-hmm. and teams still do that, actually. Like, even with uh, the Flyers, like, we would, you know, depending where we were and what time of season it was in the games, we stay in nice places for a couple – always L.A., always stay there like two or three days. Yeah. Um, and that's what teams are doing, and I literally had – to transport the equipment for the, of the visiting team. So I remember one time I had Toronto, Chicago, and I think Ottawa, and I had two of them in different practice rates. I'm, dr- and I'm alone. Like I'm driving to catch these guys to put their gear in, and then put it somewhere in the arena. then take the other team back. I mean, it was, it was nuts, but it was, I learned so much and, and got to work. Th- that was one of the cool things was working with all the other teams, equipment guys and watching them, and I I remember saying to my dad, sometimes like, well, these guys aren't doing what you're doing. He's like, wow, well, you're going to do it this way. Trust me. When you're the head guy, one day, you, you're going to, you'll appreciate what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm 22 years old. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But God, was he right? And then, yeah. you know, I've had, I've had guys that worked under me that went on to do things. And, and um one, one kid that I say, he's a kid, he's a grown man now, but Mike Levsick, he's an equipment manager with the flyers. And he started with me when he was 20 and he used to think I was crazy. And I said, I know you think I'm nuts, but I promise you, if you keep doing this. And as soon as he, he got a head job and uh, with uh, Minnesota in the American league and every year he said, man, I know exactly what you're telling me now. And I appreciate it. I said, well, that's the way my dad was, but that year in Florida was crazy. We missed the playoffs by one point that year, mm-hmm. Um, Clark, put together, Unbelievable group and Roger Nielsen He had that defensive mindset And yep. um, and John Van Beesbrook I mean it, He was the best goal in the league that year I, He was unbelievable that was the only reason Probably because we didn't score a lot of goals But he didn't let a lot in and even Mark Fitzpatrick was a backup and he had a Great year too but it was a Crazy year I uh, I mean I I can't even tell it was it was Wild because I would stay in Miami all the time I should have been going to bed but I met people, and I'm like, they're like, dude, just come meet us. I'm like, you don't understand. I got to do this laundry, be back in Pompano by 8 a.m. Or my dad's going to have my head. I'd end up just staying up all night and going to – probably not the best – obviously not the best thing to do. But I made it through. I made it through the year. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun.
1: That sounds amazing. So did you feel when you were, I guess, I, I want to say struggling, but it doesn't necessarily feel like you were struggling, struggling, but did you feel like you were failing as you were kind of going through this highly intense situation? Or did you feel like, I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of just going for the ride. Or did you feel like, oh, man, maybe I'm not doing as well as I think I am type of feeling?
2: Well, I the first month, I just didn't want to screw anything up. That was yeah. my biggest fear. I knew what I was doing. Um, I wasn't like sharpening skates or having to fix skates. I was learning how to sew and I was learning how to do those things. But my main objective was taking care of the visiting teams. And I learned a lot from those guys. Like I said, a lot of legends, I call them legends guys that were in the game for so long and they were so good to me. Um, And I learned a lot from them because I was with the other teams more than I was with the, with the Panthers unless. I was traveling, which I ended up traveling a lot too that year because my dad hurt his back. Timmy Leroy hurt his back. So there was one night I was in Long Island on the bench by myself. And I'm not kidding you, man. I, I was going to crap my pants because I'm like, if something happens like major and they got to bring, and I don't know how to fix like to do it. I mean, I could do mostly everything, but I was, mm-hmm. I I couldn't even enjoy being on the bench. Uh, cause usually I was if I was on the bench, I wasn't alone. I was the only equipment guy on the bench and I'm like, please just don't let anything bad happen. You know, oh,
1: I know there was nothing funny.
2: more than I had to stone a couple skates. Cause back then you obviously you couldn't take the steel off, change it. Um, but I, I never felt like I was doing bad, but I, I triple checked everything I did to make sure you never want to be late setting three alarms cause you can't be late to go to the airport you know, to pick a team up because teams come, come in at 3 a.m., mm-hmm. you know, so usually you go park the airports, take a nap until they get there. But, uh, I wasn't overconfident that's for sure. But I, I didn't, I wasn't like thinking, Oh my God, I'm not doing a great job. Unless my dad was like, that looks like shit, fix it, you know? <laughs> uh, but, um, it, it was unbelievable learning experience for, yeah. you know, like I was thrown into the fire a bunch because
0: yep. of,
2: the train the staff getting hurt you know more you know so it it was it was awesome like I didn't want to at the time like I'm like I hope we never leave this is great Clark but Mr. Schneider was like you're coming back (laughs) to Clarky," you know and then so my dad's like we're going I'm like okay all right whatever so
1: that's awesome yeah Yeah, it's almost like you could hear your bat uh your dad in the back of your mind the entire time right It's like you exactly. hear, yeah, you hear his words and that's, you're like, I'm not failing, but it's like almost like he's kind of watching you while you're on the bench type oh, of vibe, yeah. right?
2: Oh, yeah. He'd walk by, he'd walk by like the coffee machine, which I like, you know, have clean and he would like run his finger on it and be like, I'm like, dude, there's nothing <laughs> on that machine. That thing is, I would, you could eat <laughs> off of that thing. Yeah. Well, I'm just checking. Well, Busting my balls. Dude.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. But I I think I totally understand where he's coming from. Like as a kid, you despise that stuff. But then as an adult, you understand that it's it's really that granular little detail. And let's relate it to hockey. Let's relate it to, to, the, to sports right now. I mean, let's talk about the Flyers this year. The Flyers did not have the attention to detail that they needed this year. For whatever reason, I'm not picking on anybody specifically, right. but you see it. You see when the teams are just, and again, it's the hardest level of hockey in the world. So it's like, if you are not at that level where every little detail is paid attention to, you will suffer, right? And I think that's what your dad was trying to put in your head is that I am going to instill a mindset in your head that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you will be successful. Would you say that that's pretty much what helped you kind of evolve?
2: Yes, like watching him and watching like i said other trainers as well equipment guys we used to call us trainers but now it's equipment but uh yeah for sure like it was always I, that's why once i learned what he wanted i knew what he wanted it's it's hard like when you don't know you know like right. the first few weeks like i think i'm doing a you know doing things properly and i was working hard but like he's like ah oh, you got you know this is the way we want to do it and here's why which was cool um, sometimes he didn't have time to explain why and i'm scratching my head going this guy's crazy like he's crazy um but yeah you're exactly right it, and it it does translate into sports the details that's the biggest thing minor details huge. and even on my side of things like my biggest i just wanted the players and this is what i got from him is you want the players to come to the rink and the only thing they have to worry about is playing the game. Yeah, They don't have to worry about if their skates are sharpened, if their glove, the hole in their glove was fixed, whatever, scratch on their visor. To me, that's your job. If the players come in and they don't have to, now things happen, obviously where sure. like quickly things happen, but you're, but for the most part, you just want the players to have to just concentrate on what they have to do on the ice. You don't want there to be any distraction. Oh, man, he didn't do my skates again or he didn't fix this. You know, that's the last thing you want as an equipment guy. And you're 100 percent right, man. The, de- the details are the biggest thing. The minor ones, too, like the minor ones.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it makes sense. It's like. My, a good friend of mine. He's actually younger than me, so it's amazing that he has this metaphor. He's he's almost a decade younger than me too. Uh, he has this awesome like, little metaphor that I use now. So if I were, like to build my own team, I live by this. He kind of draws this little circle and he goes responsibility, and then he draws a circle around and he goes that's how my mind works, right? So he goes this is my response. This is your responsibility for your job because I'm all here. So like right. that's why the little details matter because you're if you're being annoying, it's like oh well I'm worried about the coffee machine because I'm worried about the coffee guy. And I'm worried about the person who wants the coffee and the player who might want the coffee later. And if that coffee is spilled, then all of a sudden he loses five minutes and he's late to practice. It's like all those little details that you don't think about down the line. And that's why your dad probably demanded perfection because yeah. every little second, every little minute matters. Every inch matters, right? There's that uh, taking back Sunday speech where he goes, this is a game of inches. Yeah. And that is life. It's a game of inches. It seems like, and that's why I like this podcast because it, it really is about learning that over time, you know, the attention to detail and the discipline. That's right. So, so let's, let's get into the fun stuff. So let's get into the dream job. You get the call from Clarky. from what I can tell you started off with the phantoms, which honestly is pretty freaking awesome. So tell me about that.
2: So, well, my first, so when we came back to Philly, I was with the flyers for two years as an assistant, uh, doing the trucks, just like I was doing there, uh, traveling a lot. The first year was a half season with a lockout. Um, it was ninety-three, ninety or ninety-four, ninety five. Okay. Yeah, ninety four ninety five, And then the next season was a full year. And then they started the Phantoms. And he says, If you want to do it here, you're gonna have to be the head guy there. And I'm like, Okay, perfect. I knew Billy Barber, um, you know, from when I was a kid and everything, and he's just That's a so great, awesome. great man. And um, you know, Clark he said to me, he's like, When we were talking about it, uh, he was like, Billy, I'll look after you, you don't have to worry about you know, anything like that. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm actually excited to take this step. But my, to be honest with you, my biggest fear was like to do this. How long am I going to be? And you know, you're thinking you start off in the NHL. How many people get to do that. And mm-hmm. I realized how lucky I was. Yeah. Um. I never took it for granted. That's not one day in my 20, the last 26 years that I ever take it for granted. But you do have that mindset when you start there, then you go, you, everybody says the minors, american league's a good league and yeah. the flyers mr Snyder treated us like we were in the nhl and i don't know if you remember but i mean the the the, the attendance was unreal it was like mm-hmm. set set records the first few years and um it was it was so much fun i won i was able to be on two teams that won the calder cup um both times and sold out buildings uh, spectrum the first one in 98 and then 2005 during the big lockout, we had that amazing team. I, I can't imagine will ever be a better American Hockey League team. And uh, obviously because of the lockout, that was the reasoning. But I mean, you look at that team and all the guys that played in the NHL. Um, I you mean, about was, Richards, it, Carter, it, yeah, Umberger, Richards, Carter, Umberger. I mean, Myers, Jones. Just there's guys I'm missing. Obviously, Ninamaki. Yeah, um, a ton of guys and. uh Patrick sharp oh, yeah. Todd for the was uh, he had already been in the NHL a little bit, but uh, we've just had an amazing team and just so much fun. Johnny Stevens was a coach and yep. you know, I had as him as a player and his, his nickname's Rambo cause he's such a warrior. That guy is unbelievable. Um, he was Johnny awesome Stevens. as yeah. Johnny Stevens. Yeah. Wow. Um, he was a captain. He was the first captain for the phantoms and his career got cut short. He took a slapper in the eye, slap shot in the mm-hmm. eye Um, so he was, you know, he became an assistant coach that year, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade that time, uh, with the Phantoms. I learned so much and worked with some unbelievable people, players, just everything. I mean, I, I, you know, like, like I said, going into it, I'm like, man, how long am I going to be here? Like, it was fun. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, I want to get back. You know, it's just not that easy. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so hard. I get so many people that reach out like what's my best thing to do to get it i'm like man i was lucky like i yeah. you know the best thing to do is send your resume to everyone and just hope you know meet people you know network do the best you can because i was just lucky like yep. that's a bottom line and i realized that but uh, those phantom years were unbelievable they were so much fun
1: Yeah. And did you find that the attitudes of the players at the fact that a lot of them are younger, right? At that time, were they more appreciative of what you were doing? Were they, did you feel like maybe you were more even of a a leader at that level than you were maybe at the NHL level where they're kind of more adults? You know, they've had other equipment managers. They've been in the NHL maybe even longer than you, some of them, right? Did you find that your role was kind of different in the NHL?
2: Yeah, it was, you know, with with the kids coming in, like you always had veterans that that rules change a little bit there's only okay. so many veterans they have but we had veterans and in the flyers always made sure that we had really good veterans right. you know what i mean like guys that were borderline that had played in nhl or could yep. you could lose them they call ups and stuff you know like we had peter white i mean right Christ Peter white. white whitey i call him white bread white bread led the american league and scoring three out of four years in a row and i'm talking like 120 points a year i mean this guy i'm like how's this guy on the nhl his his skating wasn't it wasn't that he was slow it was just like he could slow the game down in the american league but when you saw him play in the nhl he didn't look slow he yeah. kept up with the pace but he was just god a guy i used to like i played basketball so like we talked about and i love passing like i love the no looks Whitey white bread was like the first guy I ever see, like, act like he's going up to the point, fire a pass right across the crease. A guy just tapping it. And guys are like, Holy cow, man. You know, like he was so good. He could score too. But um, yeah, you know, with the younger kids, I wasn't much older, but I was, I was older and I had been in the NHL for three years. And um I tried to do that, you know, anytime they need help, even, even honestly, when, when I was in the NHL, we have, you know, how young kids are now in the league Yeah, they come sit in the office and, Oh man, like this and that. And I felt like after so many years, you're able to kind of help or at least give like you're an ear for them. And, sure. uh, but yeah, for sure. With the phantoms, the first, you know, especially as I was there, I think I was there nine years. Um, you know, I love doing that, man. It was part of the job, you know, it's awesome. It, it was fun. It was fun.
1: It's awesome. Actually, I, I want to dig into that a little bit. What you said there, they 're noticeably- this is one thing that drives me nuts, and I know we live in a Twitter world and i get a I get in a lot of uh Twitter battles though i don 't <laughs> make it personal i I just tend to defend players because okay. I hate the way people talk about professional athletes like they just throw away all this work that these people put in but they are kids right like that 's how I see them like I see even like Nolan Patrick right with the injuries that he 's gone through all of these kids, they're kids to me Like I'm only 34, right? I'm about to turn 34. They're kids to me. So I see them persevering and I see, you know, when I see them fluctuate, you know, is that normal for you when you see players kind of struggle in the NHL or, you know, kind of go up and down, do you take it as like, Oh yeah, he'll kind of, he'll work his way through it. Is that kind of your attitude?
2: Yeah. You know, and you, you couldn't have picked a better, uh, a better example, Patty Nolan, Patrick, I, I love him. Like I, we hit it off right away when he got here and and you're right. He's a kid and I don't know. Like, he gets a lot of shit.
1: I don't. It drives me nuts. And
2: I, I'm, I'm just like, I, you know, my buddies and stuff, like we talk about it, like you're saying. And, and I do defend the players a lot of time because I was fortunate enough to be in there and I know what's going on. And, you know, a lot of media, act like they know what's going on absolutely and and they don't have a clue i can tell what is going on in the room Mm -hmm. but patty i don't know like you probably know uh he comes in he had been hurt for a year so he's starting the season off this guy didn't even played and he had a slow start and then it was funny he started getting healthy around january and all of a sudden because i was just like well he's got sick hands no matter what he could." be it's like uh savard in boston said uh one night me and chief were talking to him because he was really good buddies which he actually played with uh craig berube in calgary and uh chief said oh like giving him he looked a little hefty you know like he was saying "Oh, he, a little out of shape need to get on that soup night again he goes boys i could i could stick handle in a wheelchair out there because his, his hands are so good i thought it was one of the funniest things but Patty's got hands like you can't even believe. But he started skating because he got healthy, and people don't, didn't know that he had had these surgeries because they're not going to announce it. Right. Um, so he played hurt half the year. Then he picked it up. He had a good second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, he didn't score a goal a game. But he's like you said, he's eighteen, he's nineteen year old kid playing with men in the Still national put up 30 hockey Thirty points. League. And so the next year he gets hurt. And I'm not a medical guy. I can't say too much about that. I don't want to get into all that. But, like, you know, he was having issues, and I felt so bad for him. Um, And then, obviously, the next year, which is a big year for these guys, their third year, because that's when they're, you know, they're going to get their next contract. Mm -hmm. Um, He couldn't even play, you know. And so, this year, oh, I've been reading things. Get rid of him. Like
1: Unbelievable, His ice
2: time wasn't – and, you know, I know you have to earn your ice time at anywhere you play, but this year was so screwed up, which I don't have to say, yeah. like with, with everything um, with the team, just wasn't our year, their year. Um, yeah. But people are shitting on this kid. I'm just telling you, this kid is, he's good, man. Like he, he's very he good. He's a very good player. Yeah, he He can't play fourth line, man. Like you can't expect any like he's a skilled guy. Like he can't play fourth line. And if he does, he's not gonna put up twenty-five goals. Yeah.
1: The way I the way I kind of took it is the same thing with Lindblom. I felt that they were sheltering him, you know, and I and that's not normal. And I heard people, why isn't he sent to the AHL? My mind, because he's probably too good. To be playing in the AHL, and the reality is, what I saw is they dropped his minutes. I see his confidence actually take a hit, quite frankly, and I see it's. I see him flubbing pucks that I know he can handle, right? Flubbing shots, I know he can do it. Now, you know, I talk about this all the time. I actually wrote an article about positivity. I never received so much negativity in my life, uh, and yeah, I kind of expected it. But yeah. and that's why the players can feel this, right? Yeah. And that's where I'm like, you know, that's why I was asking you earlier is. How do you kind of offset that? Because somebody like Patty, like he is getting so much negativity, unjustified. I mean, you talk about two injuries and then missing an entire season, yet he's still in the NHL. Yeah, I, I bring it up to people. Majority of nineteen-year-old kids would have never been able to even touch the NHL ice, and right. he was still able to do it. Have, like, if you were kind of, I don't want to say like what would you say to Patty, but like, you know, do you see that stuff and go? you know like i i kind of wish i was there to kind of give him more like maybe you even are there to some degree
2: yeah like i obviously i i still i still talk to him and stuff but uh not like i would be able to not not like sure. i normally would because you know every day he's sitting in my office you know like it, right. it, that's one of the biggest things i miss but um i did i do talk to him quite a bit and and uh he's he has confidence but like you said when your your minutes are cut and you're getting scratched, you know, and you don't really know where you stand. And you know, and like we said, it was a crazy year. I don't even
1: it was know, insane.
2: I'm not a coach or a GM, but this kid is I, I was uh I had dinner with Ghost, uh, Shane Gosper the other day. Yeah, and we were talking about Patty. He's like, dude, this guy like, people don't understand how sick of a player he he's is. He's ridiculously like, talented. He's he he really is, and I just hope now this year like i know he came to camp he was in good shape but he's gonna have a real summer to train and i just hope he shoves it up everyone's that's ass man that's
1: that's exactly like, how i say
2: and because he's gonna he's healthy knock what he's healthy i know he's healthy um have a really good summer to train and just i can't wait to i'm i'm really thinking he's gonna have a breakout year and be the player that people you know i mean christ imagine being 14 and you've been told you're the best player in a, like basically in the world at 14 from 14 50 60 17, 18 yep. years old now he was hurt and i don't know if that had something to do with um the devil's taking uh nico um nico's a good player too i mean he's not scoring 40 goals a year no and you don't hear people like going crazy about that but anyway um, I hope Patty comes back and I think he will. I think I, so too. I think he wants to. I think he wants to show yeah. like who he is and what he is.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you brought up Shane there, uh ghost, and I think that's really important. Actually, he's another guy. I defended him for the past three years. Everybody wants to throw these guys away. That's again, that's why this podcast exists, because um I never gave up. I, I, I joked around on my last videos. I'm like, this isn't space jam. You yeah, know, it's yeah. not like uh somebody came and just <laughs> took the talent out of these guys' body. Right. Yeah. Right. It. Th- this is the reality. Like I train, I run every day. I work out every day. There's a physical toll that your body, there's no way Patrick was going to get into game shape for this right. season. There's just no way. And you add the fact, like, look at other players, like even somebody like Travis Sanheim, who's an immensely good skater, like fantastic skater. I watched him fall randomly se- several times. That is a kid, in my opinion, that lives and dies by confidence. Right. That's another one. And a 100%. lot of these guys are kids and, and I think, and let's go back to your dad a little bit. And like, this is why I think your dad was doing what he was doing, right? He was knocking you down a peg, right? Because yeah. when life does you're already ready for. It. You've already heard the criticism every single day, right? And when you get to the NHL, and I'm guessing because I don't play in the NHL, right? But most people have a job. You know, their boss says something to them one day, they're thrown off for an entire day. Imagine you have a right. stadium full of twenty thousand people that are yeah. booing you. One person I like to bring up, and a lot of people hate on him, uh, Andrew McDonald, and oh, and man. I bring it. That I guarantee drove
2: he's a, me nuts.
1: I guarantee he's a great guy when they booed him in the home opener. I thought that was so embarrassing. Yeah. That this guy is giving you his all. It's not his fault that he's being played as a top pairing defender. No. It drive. it drove me nuts. Hey, Sorry, go ahead. He,
2: no, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was no, just going to say that that was that was a, I, I love you brought him up cuz the What is he going to say when he gets offered a a contract like that? Yes. No. No, no, I'm probably more worth like two and a half to three. What what do you want him to do? Not take, he makes too much money. What do you want him to say? No, if you walk into, like, I just, it made me laugh. Like people, no, he's not a number one, but he was playing there and he gave every single thing he had. And he was one of the top three favorite players in that locker room. And that's who people listened to. He was a leader. He never let that shit bother him. And I, I, and I loved it.
3: That's managementconcepts.com.
2: Go at people on Instagram or whatever, because I don't it. I don't it's not worth it and I don't not want to get into that. And I know some people are just doing it to get get something sure. out of someone. But it used to drive me nuts the way people buried that guy. And I mean this guy's he put his face in front of shots to keep him out of the net. And like, how do you if you're watching a game, you have to see that and appreciate it. No, he's not scoring 15 goals. 'Cause he, he never did. The reason he was picked up at the trade deadline by the Flyers was because he was the he was literally the most sought after defenseman. He was going to be a free agent, and he led the league in block shots. Mm-hmm. And he was going to get that money somewhere, maybe more. So yes, he's not he wasn't a top guy, like you said, but I mean, my God, what are you gonna say? No when someone offers you that kind of money? No, you're not. You're gonna take it. <laughs>
1: like you said, if he made half, we would have heard no complaints about him, right. in my opinion. I, I, it's literally something the crowd does, and it drives me nuts, and um, but again, that's why I, I talk about all this stuff like attention to detail and the and the ride of going up and down because a lot of people ignore it. Like you know, they they kind of pick favorites with one guy and not another guy, and this guy's injured and get rid of him this year. And it's really just about you have to let them all kind of work through it. And and while people didn't like Amac, you know, we talked about Shane Goss' bear. I don't know these guys like you do, but I almost guarantee that a big reason why Shane Goss bear was successful and had a good locker room experience was probably because he played closely with AMAC. And I imagine even Provorov, like these guys, like, yeah, they, so what? They're not a star player, but you need an adult in the room. And that's one yes. thing I actually think the Flyers didn't have enough of this year is having guys who could handle that spiral, right? right. And Justin Braun you know, was maybe the only guy who really experienced enough to even deal with that. Um is that something you saw regularly kind of i guess at your time in the HL NHL?
2: Yeah, you like Riley um Riley Cote brings that up a lot about uh leadership. It's not not crapping on the leadership group, but it always is nice when you do have that guy that's been around and Claude's been around, Jake's mm-hmm. been around. It's not like they haven't been around, but like you said it's better to have a like they have a young team.
1: They need um, more,
2: yeah. Uh, like I think you know you go out and they try and you know Niskanen, and you you had no idea that was coming. Yep. So that that guy is a very quiet guy, but man, did he keep things? I was only there for forty six games, I think, the year before last year. Um, But Niski, I knew Niski a little bit from USA Hockey, and he, mm-hmm. he's just one of those guys. I've said it before to people like you could send Nisky this long text and ask him like four questions and you need the answers. And he'd be like, okay, <laughs> well, you didn't answer one thing. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Whatever dude. Like, but that's just Nisky. And he'd be laughing the next day, but, um, he kept Sandheim, Myers calm. Hey, it's okay, man. Turn the puck over. No big deal. Just, make a play here next. And he was, he was so effective that way. He was a perfect pairing for Provy because I think Nisky was a little underrated. Like people didn't understand, like he, mm-hmm. he can play the game. Like, yeah, you know, he's just good. a smart player. He's mean as a rattlesnake too, which I don't yep. know if the Philadelphia people really knew because you only got him for a year, but the guy's mean. And when he spoke on the bench to the other team, not that he's some big monster like Tom Wilson or Revo, uh, but when he talked, guys new, like, I'm either going to get it in a wrist, you know, something's going to happen. I got to answer the bell. He told a great story about, I don't know if you remember a few years ago when him and, he hit Lawton, Scotty, when he mm. was playing in Washington and it knocked Scotty, he had a concussion. And we were playing them like, I don't know, three or four weeks later. So Scott uh, Lotz is back in the lineup. And uh, now Niski's telling this. With, when he's with us and he's like he was like i was so worried when we played you guys because all i could think was wayne simmons is coming after me yeah. he's <laughs> like i didn't take a nap i could sleep the night before the game i was exhausted before the game and i'm just like keep looking he goes we have that face off and Lot, lots tapped him and said hey we, we gotta go and and miski says in the room and we all start die laughing. and he goes i've never been more happy <laughs> It lost. What's the guy? He was like, he's like, literally, I went, oh, thank God. He's like, yeah. okay, yeah, let's go, because <laughs> then he wouldn't have to fight. simmer, you know, but um, but that's awesome. Misky, they did miss miss a lot, and and you know that got thrown at him last second. Um, yeah, I it's hate an- to say one guy's gonna make a difference, but he did make a He made a difference in the room, but I I still think at that level, you got to find a way. Yeah. And if you don't like they, they got Gustafson in, he didn't really work out, you know? Yeah. So I think
1: it was, it was a snowball effect. I think there's so many things went wrong this year. Like I said, a yeah. game of inches. It's not like they finished at the bottom of the league, right? right? It was like, it, it was just so many things went wrong and they were It's not even an excuse. That's what people don't understand. It's not an excuse. It's just the reality. Like they'll, they'll even say we didn't handle it well enough. What I would say to my team is you better go and have the best off season of your life. That's what I would say to everybody. Come in and bring your a game, learn from it, learn from the failure. Even AV said that in his exit interviews. Yeah. So let's talk about this. So you're phantoms. What happens? You become flyers. Uh, you, you finally, I guess you get promoted, right? And you move onto the flyers. how that happen?
2: So what happened was I am, we played basketball, Every day, rain, snow, 110 degrees. Paul Holmgren loves playing basketball. Obviously, I like playing this basketball. Awesome. Um, guys in the rink, the, uh, the staff members, were kind of afraid to play. Homer gets a little wild uh, when he's playing. I've got a couple teeth that are missing from that. Oh, and yeah. uh, But um, we used to do it all the time. So it's the middle of the summer. Uh, I was actually going to uh, – it was my first world championship. Um, we were, I was going to Riga, Latvia, where it is this year, actually, um, in a few weeks. And Homer comes down, and we're we are all getting ready to play. I think it was like three-on-three, three, you know, guys from the – some trainers and then guys upstairs. And he goes, oh, did you see uh, your boy Dino got the job in L.A.? And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, he's president and GM. And now Dean was working with us. Dean Lombardi was working with mm-hmm. us as a scout. So I became close with him. And uh, I was like, well, did you call him and ask him if, if, like, he goes, well, he just did his press conference. Do you want me to call him? He did it this morning. And I'm like, I didn't even see that. He goes, yeah. He goes, do you want me to call him? I'm like, well, yeah, I want you to call him. And he goes, all right, hang on. I didn't think he was going to do it right then. Well, Homer goes inside, right? So I think he went in my office. I guess, I don't know where he went. And so we're kind of waiting. We're shooting around. And about 10 minutes later, he comes out. He goes, all right, let's go. Let's go check up. Like, And I'm like looking at him like, well, did you, you know, and he doesn't say anything. So we play a game. And the whole time I'm like, is he not going to say anything to me? So we finish the first game. And I'm like, hey, Homer, did you get a hold of Dino? He goes, yeah, he goes, you're his guy. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, he said, you're his guy. He'll call you tomorrow. And I'm like, don't F around, man. Like, come on. And he's like, D, I just got off the phone with him. He said, you're his guy. He'll call you tomorrow. So yeah. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I was like, I didn't even want to play basketball anymore. I'm like, I just want to talk to Dino, right? So next day he calls me and he's like, Hey, like, you know, I, I got to make some personnel moves here, but you're my guy. Like blah, blah, blah. I'll see you in Riga. Cause I'm going over. Cause he's USA guy. Um, he goes, I'll see you over there. We'll talk more, but, um, get you situated, you know, sign your deal. We can do it there. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the head equipment manager for the LA Kings. So I go to Riga. I didn't say anything to anyone at this time because they hadn't, the people that were there were still there. And unfortunately it sucks when you know your friends or people, you know, are going to lose their job. That, that sucked that side of it but of course I'm like beyond happy like I'm mm-hmm. gonna do this and so we're over there and it was probably about the third day and I was working with two of my good buddies who uh Ray Barilli who's the medical guy in St. Louis still to this day and then uh Bert Godin was the equipment guy there for a long time Bertie and uh so it was us three and I was just sitting there in the locker room waiting for the guys to get there because we had a game And Bertie comes in there and goes, you little sneaky bastard. And I'm like, what? He goes, did you want to tell us something? It's both of them standing there. I'm like, what? He goes, "Uh, LA. And I was like, oh, how'd you find out? And he was like, well, they just came up. Like, we just got a bunch of texts. They let people go. And they said, you got the job. And I was like, yeah, I just didn't want to say anything. And they were like, oh, they were going crazy. They were so happy for me. And I'm there two weeks. The day we lost the Players all they leave right away, like I mean, they're gone. We were, like I said, in Riga, Latvia. So the next day, uh, after we cleaned up, it took, takes a day, you got to pack everything up, and they have places they ship all the US stuff. And uh, we were sitting at dinner, and, and um, Jimmy Johansson uh, just passed away a couple of years ago. God bless him. Um, he uh, his phone rings, and we're at dinner, it's about 10 of us. And he's like, yeah, hang on. He goes, it's Homer. And I'm like, yo, he had just left like 12 hours. Like I just saw him. And uh, he goes, Hey, uh, what if I told you you could stay here? And I'm like, well, what do you mean I can stay here? And he's like, well, you know, be with the flyers. And I'm like the head guy with the flyers or, you know, as an assistant, cause I wasn't going to pass this up. And he's like, yeah, the head guy. And I'm like, well, okay. He goes, just come see me uh when you land tomorrow. I'm like, I don't get home till like nine. He goes, come to the rank anyway. So I met him at like ten o'clock at, at the rank and we talked and then so I, I had my meeting with uh Homer or uh sorry, Mr. Clark. And uh I felt terrible too because a good buddy of mine, Jim Turk Evers, was losing his job, you know, and I I wanted to make sure he knew it wasn't me that took it you know what i mean like i was going to la like that was my plan and that was their decision that they made and you know obviously it was a dream of mine to be in like a bleed black and orange man like it's um so it was just it was a crazy few weeks there i'm planning i was getting phone calls seriously from people i didn't know in la hey uh i heard you coming out this day like i'll take you around show you like find you a good place to live this and that i'm like okay like i don't even know who i'm talking to right like right. It, was, it was wild and I, i'm not gonna lie i was excited like to, to to go to la and and you know uh because i love dean lombardi and uh just he's i just like the way he did things he's always like jacked up and fired up and yeah. i love that about him yeah you
1: got that attitude too right uh, so yeah works. so i'm
2: like I'm, I'm, I'm like probably too hyper most of the time but um but so is Dino's the same way. But uh, I was really excited about it. But then obviously I was just over the top thrilled to get to dream do what I wanted. Yeah, it was, it was a dream for sure.
1: That's that's such a cool story. And uh, I'm sure an emotional roller coaster there for you. Yeah. So let me ask you something. Let's get into the I guess the the downside of that. Yeah, you, know, you get your dream job. You lose your dream job, right? It kind of comes full circle, though. I believe, what was it, 13 years later? Was that the – you did 13 years with the Flyers? Uh, or was it 11 years almost, later?
2: So almost 15 years. Wow, 15. Well, yeah, so 2006, Unbelievable. I think, was my first year.
1: So That's uh, awesome. Something like, yeah. And, so and, well,
2: 14 to 15, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's almost like being an athlete, right? You kind of watch your rotation, and you're like, "Wow, it's yeah. come full circle." And this is what I want to I don't want to talk in specifics because I don't want to get into why it happened and I don't want to yeah. bring, I don't like drama. So I don't want to talk about that, but I want to talk about how you handled it. You know, how do you yeah. handle losing your dream job? And not just not just that, Derek. You yeah. handled it very elegantly. Like if you think about where you are today, the way you talk about the organization I don't hear any uh, I, don't, I don't hear any complaining nobody hears any public uh, statements nobody hears any backsass but right, it's almost like you're humbled still by it till today. You know, How would you manage that?
2: Um, I'm not going to lie it wasn't easy. Um, yeah. obviously not expected. I've yep. uh, been there 25 years and gave every everything I had. Yeah. Um you know I can I would love to tell you Exactly, kind of what went down. I can't mm-hmm. yet. I'm still under contract. Um. So, but you it won, was man. it was the hardest thing I've ever dealt with, obviously. Um. And it, what really sucked is I watched my dad go through it, and and it was unjust for him. Yeah. Um. It was tough. It was tough to watch him go through that, and then when it happened to me, I'm just like, I was almost in shock. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, um, for a while for a couple of weeks, I'm just like, and, you know, talking to the guys and, and everyone's just like, what the heck's going on? And, and, you know, obviously I wasn't going to say anything bad about the organization or anything like that, but I'm not going to lie to you. It was really, really hard, uh, hard, you know, and, that, and that, in saying that, like there's way worse things going to happen. And that's the way I started thinking about it. I'm yeah. like, you know what, man? Like I'm healthy, like I still got a year and a half left on my contract, which they can't take it away from me because I didn't do anything wrong. Um, so, you know, let's, let's see what I can do here. What, what, what can I do? First thing was spending way more time on my son, um, mm. which has been just the greatest, to be honest with you. Um, still, still some days where it's tough, you know, sure. like especially when you're watching and, you know, you're watching a guy struggle and there's just things you see that I won't say, but there's things I see and it just bugs the heck mm-hmm. out of me. Um, but uh, I love all those guys. And, and most of the people there were just, you know, 25 years, I met so many great people. And, and I mean, like I told you before, I never took a, a day of it for granted. Like yeah, ever. And that's, tell. that's what bug that, 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 that hurts me more than anything. It's just because like, I'm like, I feel like I'm one of those people that get along with everyone, even mm-hmm. if I don't like you. I'm not gonna. It ain't worth it. It's not worth it to totally even deal with stuff like that. Just, I just be nice and move along. If if there's someone that I maybe didn't like or something, but uh, it was uh, it was the hardest thing. It was tough. It was really tough, and it's still tough. I'm not gonna lie. I finally, yeah. I went to a game. Finally. Uh, cause my son was driving me crazy, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, one of the things that really hit me was during the playoffs, uh, before they, the boys went to the bubble, they came back into town and they were it's summer. So they're over here every day at the pool and by pool, hanging out and, uh, you know, some of the guys. And, uh, so my son was still getting to see the boys, which is cool, which is really what he missed, you know, sure. and trying to explain to him, why we can't go to the rink yeah, uh, like, yeah. i'm like uh daddy got traded i <laughs> was a, i didn't know what to say to that. him you know and and yeah he asked me every day for three to four months do we know where you got traded yet like do you think oh, st louis man. so this is so funny because i actually got chuckles out of it because he came running up the stairs one day i'm doing laundry like mr mom you know I'm, like doing laundry now at home and uh he comes and he goes, dad, I think, I think I know where you're going. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I think I know where you got traded. And I'm like, you do. I said, what did it come across the ticker on oh, no, You watch Cause all he does is watch hockey and that right, NHL right. network videos, like all this stuff. And I said, did it come across the bottom? Cause he knows like he, he can read, obviously he's almost seven, but uh, he goes, no, but I, I think I figured it out. I, I think you're going to St. Louis. And cause he says that because of Brady Chin and, and oh, Kirby, yeah. he knows them real well, right? And uh Ryan O'Reilly signed a stick. I won't say what it says because it's it's hilarious, but um he, he loves the blues, that's one of his favorite teams. Anyway, he goes, I think I think it's to St. Louis, and I'm like, Well, for who? And he goes, Cinco. And I went, Oh, so the Flyers are getting Cinco and St. Louis gets me. Mm-hmm. He goes, I think so. And I said, I said, I don't think it's them. And I'm like, trying not to laugh because he's dead serious. Like he's just thinking this stuff up in his head. And I said, I, th- I think I'm going to Boston. He goes, Hmm, that might be, tr- that might be it probably for pasta. I went, yeah, they're going to trade pasta <laughs> for me, buddy. <laughs> right. right, he right. Thinks I'm the great- you know, he thinks wh- he thinks I would awesome. be a game winning goal, you know, with what I do, but he missed it. That was the toughest thing for me to be honest with you was him not being able to see the guys like that and you know i used to take him down let him give the guys high fives on the way out to the bench sure. and I let him stand on the bench for warm-up that was like he just he missed that really a lot and watching him you know he was upset for months like crying at, in the mornings at night like, I probably hurt even more right yeah, and that's what and it started pissing me off you know like it, it hurt watching him you know go
1: through heard that even more. Yeah.
2: um but what i was going to say was one of the really one of the things that made me think a little clearer was we were watching the boys in the playoffs and he's like uh, he says to me dad I'm sorry you can't be there with the guys and I said
0: after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward Medela the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight the better the reward
2: you know what, Elvie? if I was there, I wouldn't have seen you for the last six weeks, seven weeks. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, you can't go there, buddy. Like you couldn't go. I wouldn't have been home. And I showed him on the calendar. I'm like, yeah. you wouldn't have seen me. And he was like, oh, and I said, and I'd rather watch it with you anyway, you know, because awesome. it, it was true. Like, I really was sitting yeah. there like, I wouldn't have seen him. Like, you know, you go on these trips in this, in sports, like, as you know, like, on the east the travel's way better than the in the western uh distance part of the, the, yeah sure. but uh you know you go away for 10 days you come home your kids look different like because you know it's 10, 10 days is a long time but you're talking eight weeks and the players god bless them the ones with the kids man that was hard on them and it was hard on all the players that were there not just the flyer guys you know the guys that went all the way you imagine not seeing your families for Absolutely. for almost Killer. almost three months like two and a half months man but um it was hard, but you know what, I, like you said, I've, I just picked myself up and, and uh, said, well, what am I going to do here? You know, what am I going to yeah. I actually had, I had a couple offers, um, but they just weren't, weren't what I wanted. And I'm not talking about, oh, I got to be a head guy. I don't care about that anymore. Yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to do that for a long, long time. And, and, um, if I even do get back into it, if I get the opportunity, um, I don't, I don't care about. That, that that I've never I never even said hey I'm the head guy like I never mm-hmm. I never did that I don't we're a team you know the staff you're a team you got to work together but um, if it ever you know if something comes up that's good enough I'll do it but I'm enjoying myself right now and and being with him a lot and seeing my daughters more it's just great
1: Yeah, you know, um, again, I haven't been in your shoes and my dream is to be GM of the Flyers and I would even know taking that job, I'm going to be fired. Like I kind of assume that you get fired from almost all of these roles and not that I'm saying that you should have been fired or anything like that, but I do find this thing, there's a motivational speaker called Les Brown. I listen to him quite often and he said something that actually kind of stuck with me quite a bit. And he goes, you know, when you have something important to do, in life, life has a way of moving on you, right. and uh, you know, like it's one of those things where you're in a position for a very long time. I don't want to say you're comfortable because that comfortable is a wrong way of putting it. You know, you're at the NHL level doing something incredible, but you know, you start looking at the other details, like your son, your daughters. You know, you maybe you're raising a future superstar hockey player. Maybe you're maybe a future. Maybe he's going to be running a team. Maybe he's going to be doing these things. And you don't even see that now. You don't see the path laid out in front of you. And odds are you're probably going to get another offer to some degree because of your resume to something. Right. And it's really up to you. Right. And, um, and it's, and, and that's why I wanted to bring it up because I think you've actually handled it fantastic. Um, and it's, it, it was, it's something in my opinion would crush most people. And you seem to have a very positive attitude and you seem to be rebounding it. And I know that you, you have, uh, you have your own business now, right where you 're doing yeah. your own skate. Um, I guess is it just skating or is it all hockey equipment? No,
2: yeah, equipment uh, repairs, sharpening, profiling, but it, it, the majority is uh, skates like i 'm working on people 's skates and uh, fixing them <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, from from what they've what they 've had done but uh I, I a little bit of everything apparel i've uh, done I got into uh, doing like team apparel for teams mm-hmm. locally uh i did a school i outfitted a school in cleveland this year with gloves helmets pants workout stuff so it's crazy how it all starts happening and it's funny yep. like learning that side of of i guess business uh which you know you're spoiled working for the flyers um whatever something costs it it, it sounds arrogant but I'm not, I don't mean it that way, but it's like, they have the money. It's just like, get it, get it, whatever it is, get it. Um, not, not like not wasting money. I'm not saying that, but if you know, whatever something is. but now knowing what these things cost. And then I just had, uh, we just had the parents meeting for my son's team coming up this year and they put the price list down in front of us for the stuff that they're trying to get us to buy. And I'm like, are you are you you serious like i the markup on it you know but i would have Mm. never known that i would have never known that if i wasn't doing this not that it really matters but i've I've already learned so much with with those sort of things but um yeah it it's subtle matter skate sharpening and i do a little bit of everything i mean just whatever hockey you know like yeah still sewing Fixing gloves, relacing gloves, uh, goalie gloves, whatever yep. it may be. Um, so I'm doing that. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and learned a lot about youth hockey. It's crazy, man. Like mm. I've I've heard that in the past, but never really dealt with it till now. And like I have all these parents. I've been so fortunate, so lucky to have so many clients already within a year. Um, I'm I'm busy as heck and it's it's great, and I've met a lot of cool new people, man. It's it's, but learning uh, about the, I guess locally and and around the area, even in Pennsylvania, just yep. how hockey works and how political it is. <laughs> it's crazy, man. That I, I had no idea. I had kind of heard rumblings from friends of mine that had kids at play, and but they were just like they're like laid back, kind of like they're like yeah, whatever, just you know. But it's it's wild, but it's been fun. It's been fun, and and, um, I'm enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I I can only imagine. It's almost like your dad, again, I keep bringing it up because my dad keeps coming to my life, but right, that attention to detail, it's going to come up now, right, and kind of running this business that you're doing. You're like, you probably have these little things that you notice that, you know, you have all this experience, and obviously I know you're working, you're doing nasty knuckles as well with Riley Cote, which is kind of like, if you think about it, you're like the Joe Rogan, the two of you combined you are like the Joe Rogan of hockey right now in Philadelphia, you know, and, and you, you're kind of bringing a full circle. I mean, to be honest with you, it, it is, a it's, in, I find in my life that when I've been kicked down the hardest, it's typically when the best things have happened to me afterwards. So I I couldn't imagine a a case where this might evolve you into a level that maybe you've never even dreamt of where you might be on the path of doing something that is such a large impact to the sport that you might, you might not even be able to visualize that right now. Like I said, when life, you know, when, when sometimes when you're in the same position, life has a way of moving on you kind of forcing you to be like, Hey, like you have a role to play here. And almost like it's kind of playing out and you're like, wait a second, I'm spending time with my kids. I'm meeting all this youth hockey. And then, You know, next thing you know, you might be doing stuff for the NHL at a level that you weren't even prepared for. I mean, I mean, you're 50, right? But you look like, I mean, my opinion, you look like you're in your late thirties, right? You have energy, like you're in your thirties, right? Imagine where that'll take you, especially with the attention to detail, the experience, the connections that you build. Like you probably know more NHL players and GMs and equipment managers than anybody alive. Right. Just imagine where that'll take you in the future.
2: Yeah. I hope so. I hope you're right. And that's the, you know, that's the, it's hard though. Like you said, it's hard at first, like even yeah. it's still hard to this day. Um, but you're right. Like you just have to, like, that's the way I'm thinking. Like we started Riley and I were always talking about, uh, well, we started talking about maybe doing a podcast. I'm like, I don't know the first thing about, it. you know, he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but like you're a goofball, you can just be yourself and you know, blah, 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 whatever. And we started doing it, man. Is it fun? Like it's so much fun. And we've been really fortunate. Like a lot of things have kind of spun off of it that we've done. That hasn't really come out yet. I can't really say too much, but um, we're doing a lot of really cool things and, and it's, it's so much fun. I I will say this, it's a lot of work. um, Doing all these other things and trying to keep everything straight here in the shop and, asking people, Oh, Hey, can I move your appointment? But I feel so bad saying no to anyone that comes to me because it's like, Oh man, Joey's got big, big tryouts tomorrow. And it's like eight 30 at night. i I'm like, all right, come on over, man. <laughs> I mean, I literally have this one kid who's getting ready to go away to play. He's a good player. And he, he called me the other night, 10, 15. He's like, dude, I got, I got to skate at 70, please. And I'm like, just, kid over here, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say no to them because I because I want them to, you know, do the best they can. Um so yeah it repeats just, itself. Yeah, right. And
1: so, what you were doing for NHL players, man. Yeah.
2: And and you know what? I don't even I want to help I want to help everyone that comes in here. I don't ever say anything about poorly about anyone that maybe have done their skates when I can see that they're like way off. I just mm-hmm. say, hey look, this might be why you were you know, when you were turning to your right, you were slipping because you know it's uneven. We'll fix it. But I don't. I, I never send a picture. I never mm-hmm. show anyone because I don't want anyone to think, oh, he's trying to show us up at this rate right. or that rate. That's not at all. Um, you know, I know a few people that do skates around here, and I tell people if that's really, I'm like, oh, he's good. You know, like because I don't. I'm not that guy. I'm not. Oh, you. That might be a way to get business, but
0: after the end of a good fight.
2: I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm not, that's not me. So
1: yeah. But well, it sounds I, like you're enjoy it. legitimately self-confident. That's where I usually find if you're not bashing those around you, it's, it comes yeah. from an internal strength right. and it seems like you have it right. And that's, I, again, I, I like going back to your dad because it seems like that has paid off, right? That attitude that your dad put into you, it's paying off in your ability to handle things that have come into your life, I, I honestly, I mean what I say. I can only imagine where you're going. How many equipment managers have a podcast where you're bringing on NHL legends and talking about this stuff and building a brand slowly? Like you said, you've only been doing it for a year. Imagine where you're going to be in five, right? Imagine, so. imagine what you can do with all of this stuff. And it's really just the beginning for you, the way I see it. And and I, I said the same thing to Riley. I mean, what he's doing, Body Check Wellness, you know, it's very unique. Right. And it's like, you guys didn't find each other by accident. in My opinion, Right, you know, it's like, it's almost like this, this perfect meld of things that need to happen. And, um, you know, I hope the flyers regret what they did. Uh, and I hope you, uh, maybe one day you'll even get a second chance, but you know, the, the way I see it is, you know, the sky's the limit for you, man. Um, and I think you're proving that. And, uh, it's really awesome. So I'm going to ask you one more thing here before we wrap it up. Okay. So you met a ton of players in your time, okay? An endless amount. Give me a couple guys, two, three, whatever you whatever you want. Who are the guys that are, are the most memorable that either, you know, realistically that you maybe did equipment for? Like, who did you love their personality? Who stuck with you the most? Who do you maybe talk to today? Or who's a guy that you're like, oh... Man, I wish the Flyers held on to this guy. Oh man, he's got a great personality.
2: You got to remember, I did this for 26 years. Yeah, I got, I got quite a few, but um, oh man, I know it's like,
1: tough to pick the favorites.
2: Like, believe it or not, right? Ry- like, I was Riley's best man at his wedding. The day I met him, I've told a story before, but he—he's, I, I just, we got along right away. Like, he's a guy. Like, when he—he he retired to become a coach, but he was still around. So I got, yep. it wasn't like I lost him. Um, gosh, let me really think, uh, there's been a, you know, who, one of my favorite people were was, uh, Radko Gudis. I mean, oh, nice. I, you talk about, uh, just a happy guy, man, like every so day. Funny. Um, just so happy. And just so much fun to be around. Like you just want to be around that guy. Jake Voracek's a guy. You just want to hang around. People are probably like, what? I and mean, this guy's one of the funniest. I believe that you will ever meet in your life. Um, He will say whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> I love but, that. about. But him. I love it about him too. Like, cause Same. he doesn't hold back. He'll be, he'll tell you a good thing or he'll tell you a bad thing, but he's going to be honest. Um, God, I really have to think. Uh I mean, I met a lot of guys too, with USA hockey, like uh Patrick Kane, like yeah what a what a player man and what what a what a good guy dustin Buffalo. believe it or not man like i oh, only man. had him a couple times i thought i literally we we text almost every day on snapchat like we're like i'm serious like almost every day people are like why how do you even know buff i'm like met him usa hockey and we just got along and we've always you know like messaged each other but uh gosh um To think someone really, really uh, it's funny, Mark Gregg, who was captain with the Phantoms for years, he's a scout, he's a great scout. He's yes, he is. If this guy would have been pushed, if he'd have been born a few years later, he'd have been at HL his whole career. Like, hey, the guy, the way he skates, shoot the pucks, but he was playing in that time Mm -hmm. and he wasn't overly physical, obviously. Um, but he was a he's one of my really good friends. Um, he obviously works with the Flyers still, he does a great job. Um, what
1: about uh what about mike richards
2: yeah really tight with richie um talked to him a lot he's one of my he's one of my best buddies great great just a great person man and and even jeff too like you know when they left that was that was tough man yeah but you know what it's funny how it works like i was devastated like because i didn't think it was going to happen and you lose those guys and i missed them but everything worked out so well for them and then we Then you bring in Wayne Simmons, Braden Shin, who I'm, like, so tight with now, like, Jake Vorchek, like, just the way it
0: kind of happens. Out.
2: Yeah, just the way it works out. And, I mean, I, I honestly, I tell people when they ask me, like, who is it like, like a real dick? And I'm like, man, in hockey, it, you don't find many guys like that. If that. you do, I don't even, I can't sit here and tell you there was a guy I was ever like, God, I hope we get rid of this guy. Like I, I, I'm dead serious. I, I really don't remember a guy because, again, they're, I guess they're maybe when they're in public, if things happen, they they seem different. People don't know them, you know. And I was lucky to be inside to know them, and that's sure. why I was saying earlier. Like, drives me nuts when I read all this negative talk, um, especially when people like. Sometimes it's deserved. Hey, Sandy, you didn't play good tonight. Sure, Travis mean, he played bad. Nolan Patrick you had a bad game gee you had a bad game but the biggest thing is me and JBR always laugh it's like when people say oh they weren't even trying yeah it's like come on man
1: they attack their like, character
2: yeah and I remember we were at a soccer game and I think me and JBR were talking about this the other day uh, it, way back, when JBR's first stint in Philly and yeah. he had to do this thing at the uh, a union game and soccer game and J Roll was there, Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, yeah. so he was kind of talking to JBR, and he goes, "He's like, well, kid, he's like the the one thing you got to learn about Philadelphia is the fans are passionate and they're awesome, but the one problem is they think they want us to win more than we want to win." Hmm. And I was like, I "Wow, like, that. like that's actually makes sense because yes. some do, some do, and I love the fans of Philadelphia. I yeah, I yeah. do, I love them." I love through the roof. It's through the roof. Yes. Sometimes they get a little crazy. Um, it's
1: got a sharp uh, edge.
2: Yeah. But I I thought, wow. When he said, it, I was like, wow, like that's pretty, pretty damn spot on really. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's been, I've been so fortunate. Like you said, I mean, I met so many people. Craig Baruby is one of my best buddies. Like we literally talk, if we don't talk, we text every day. Um, yeah, jimmy montgomery awesome. jimmy montgomery who was a coach at dallas is yep. actually in st louis now i mean i could i could sit down here for an hour and go through all the guys that i i yeah, fortunate enough to have met and stay in touch with and i mean it's it's been i think it's a reflection I, of who you are
1: I, i've been lucky well. i've
2: been thank you but I, i've been I was very very lucky
1: I love, that. I love that humble side of you so let's wrap it up here we've, we've uh hit the hour so okay. um you know, I guess as we sign off here, I always give people, I mean, people know who you are already, but you know, is there anything you want to kind of talk about? I mean, obviously you have Nasty Knuckles going, you got your business going, any kind of shout outs, anything coming in the near future, any business adventures, anything you want to tell the people who listen?
2: Um, yeah, basically, uh, yeah. Like you said, Settle My Skate Sharpening and heads up for some cool stuff coming from Nasty Knuckles. Uh, this week we have a uh, Johnny LeClaire as our oh, guest this week. Awesome. Um, yeah, him. he's just a great. there's another guy like that guy treated me like gold man and he's oh just God. an awesome human um we have him coming up and then we have some uh we have some other th- uh, things that are getting ready to be announced uh i think i could say this we're we're having a big ball hockey tournament this oh, summer shit. um and it's gonna be so much fun we've been going over all the details and it's in a really cool area. It's like gonna be music and just all kinds of stuff. So I will.
1: Um, I would love to to come and uh, check that out. Actually, was, yeah, you we'll, have to for sure. Flyers nitty gritty. We'll push it out when you guys do it. I'll, oh, I'm okay. happy to cool. share that out as well. Appreciate it. That's super for awesome. Sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, I, I Derek nasty whatever whatever you want me to call you honestly fine, so awesome for you to come on here these stories were amazing and i'm glad uh, this worked out exactly like i wanted to I, I really wanted to go through stuff and i love what you said about patty and just everything and it's just so real and authentic and this is the side that i want people to see of the flyers you know we get so locked into twitter and what the reporters are saying and I'm not a big fan of media and ironically, like I have a small media company, but I'm not a fan of uh, that stuff. I don't even like Twitter because I think it generates a false reality. And this is why I'm trying to do this, because I'm trying to let people see the human side behind all this stuff. So I think this was absolutely perfect. So thank you again so much for joining. Thank
2: you for even wanting me to come on here with you. I really appreciate it
1: yeah dude absolutely appreciate it so much thank you for everybody for listening um, like subscribe comment you know do whatever you gotta do check out um, all of our writings all the other podcasts and everything thank you so much for everybody who listens thank you for reading Flyers nitty Gritty and remember to always level up